0: You're listening to the Never Heard of It podcast. A Night Shift Radio original. Every week we bring you the good, the bad, the weird, and lesser known streaming movies. Hit subscribe for new episodes every Thursday and Sunday.
1: Mm-hmm. So you're in a new place. I'm in a completely new place. This is now the the third location, like a physical location that I've moved to since we uh, started this, uh, this show. Uh, not the third place I've lived, mind you. The third place that I have moved uh, since, since starting this show. Um, and I you know, completely lost track of how many times I've, I've moved my setup, but this completely new office and this little like crow's nest of a room, uh, on the, the roof of my, my house, looking out over my, my deck and the, the Baltimore Harbor. Uh, very, very exciting. I've got a, a cool, uh, not quite ocean breeze blowing in my windows. So if you, if you hear any noise, uh, you know, I'm kind of sorry, but I'm also not because it feels nice. <laughs> you just you just kind of got to live with it, audience. You're just going to have to yeah. live with it. I mean, you know, uh, honestly. You mentioned it, that. If it's bad, let me know. I'll fix it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> you know, you mentioned this is your third location, uh, like, you know, prime location for, for recording this. It's also my third location for doing this because oh, we sure. started in my apartment, the, my other apartment in Liverpool. Then we did it for a while when I lived... Uh, and I had the house, and now in another apartment. This is this is my third as well.
1: Yeah, yeah. So we we started at your your apartment. I did a couple episodes in uh, mine at the time as well. Uh, yeah. And then I moved out to to St. Louis. Uh, had I believe four different uh, physical locations within that house. The uh, the first house that we moved to, we moved to a uh, a different location in St. Louis. I had that nice office for. Oh, two and a half years that uh, anyone who's who's watched the, the YouTube episodes during that time will recognize that had the, the kind of the felt like mountain background. Uh and out of here. Um uh, and yeah. it's wild. It's wild. We're just like we're just forever moving forward, you know. We're just we're not yeah. we're not standing still. Uh, you know, we're not we're not we're not waiting for the world to end around us.
0: Hey, and that being <laughs>
1: said, hello and welcome to the Never Of the Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Feit. And coming to you live from the past on recording. Uh once again on the East Coast, I'm Sabrina Buckets.
0: <laughs> so, uh we're finishing out our month of chill vibes apocalypse. Yeah. Uh last last week we covered Melancholia, uh
1: which was a Melancholia of a film. Oh man, um, that's like uh, that ranks high among the disappointments we've had in this show.
0: Yeah, it was just it was just it was sad. It yeah. was a sad film. But we switch it up a little bit to uh, today's film, which is called Sadie's Last Days on Earth, which as of right now, as of time we're recording in America, this is streaming on Tubi TV for free.
1: Yeah, see, see, we're like, we may be, we may move locations, things may change around us over time, but one thing remains constant and that's our love of Tubi TV.
0: And that's Tubi TV, yeah, <laughs> uh, indeed. Uh, so this this movie was a you know tiny little film that came out of Canada. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know, which is very interesting because I didn't I didn't know that while watching it. And there was a scene where these ninth graders are going to like a bar. Yeah. And he's like IDs, and I'm like, they're, they're like seven years too young. Like, what are they even doing? And I was like. <laughs> And then like I don't know what happened. Like somebody said something, I was like, oh shit, this is a Canadian film. Yeah. So they can drink at 18. So they're only a couple of years underage. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah.
1: Uh, it's like I th- I think they do at one point kind of casually toss out the like 21 as being like the age limit for the the bar. But like as as we know, like 18, 19, something like that is the drinking age in Canada. In fact, uh uh, a direct tie-in to this uh, this episode, I promise. Uh, just last night, we saw that uh, Letterkenny uh, dropped a new episode uh, for the uh, Victoria Day holiday weekend in Canada, May uh, 2nd through 4th. Uh, a celebration of Queen Victoria that uh, presumably happens throughout the former Commonwealth. And uh, the episode <laughs> featured folks from around the uh the former Commonwealth, Australia, New Zealand, obviously Canada, the U.S., etc. cetera. Uh, very fascinating. Uh, but the reason, the reason that that uh, um, ties in, uh, one, they were talking about the the drinking age being lower in Canada and people from the U.S. coming up for, for holiday weekends there. Uh, but two, one of the primary characters in this film is recognizable from Letterkenny, and that would be yeah. uh, Brennan, played by Clark Backo. Uh, who is, uh, and of course I, I, I forget her, her character's name. I will find it. She is Rosie, uh, Wayne's sweetheart in Letterkenny. So there's there's, yeah. there's a, a full circle connection there, bo- both on the, uh, the the movie and on the, the topic of uh, underage drinking in Canada.
0: Yeah, and you know Clark Backo uh, I worked with on a movie called Confession. Oh. Uh, which is now uh streaming I think on Amazon Prime. Okay. Don't watch it though. It's terrible. Oh no. Um it was a bad movie. Oh no. Uh, but uh Clark's really good in it, so you can watch it for her. Uh but the rest of the movie is questionable. It's yeah. a questionable mm-hmm. movie. Mm-hmm. It's basically like one long SVU episode. Oh. That's pretty much without oh. Stabler and Benson. Oh my god, yeah for Or ice this- uh, T?
1: From this poster, you can tell, yeah, yeah. that's uh, it is
0: literally that. Yeah, it's just an SBU episode.
1: Oh, that, oh, that's the one Ironside's in, though. Yeah, Michael Ironside. Yeah, he uh, was in that one. <laughs> Maybe yep. I'll watch it just because Ironside's in it. Just because he's in it? Right. Yeah.
0: I. The great story about that movie, and I don't like to, you know, trash movies I've worked on. Um, everybody worked really hard. The crew was great on this movie. Everybody worked really hard. Um, but I just remember I was driving at the time, so I would pick up Michael Ironside and, and Clark Bacco and some of the other actors, mm-hmm. and they would get in the car every morning and just be like do you know what's happening in this movie? And my <laughs> like, I don't, and I don't give a shit. <laughs> Clark was like, I just don't understand the plot of this movie. I guess, <laughs> you know,
1: it, it's, it takes a little of the sting out if if you're trashing it, but like, you know, the actors also were.
0: The actors were also, yeah, not doing great. <laughs> that's fine. I'm sure it's a great movie. I, I haven't watched it. <laughs> we should
1: we should uh, we should watch it and we should talk about it. We should watch it and we should talk about it.
0: Yeah, because I can talk all the behind the scenes things. <laughs> um uh they of course definitely figured out I know that they actually went to the director and were like, hey, can we change a couple things to make it, you know, like make more sense? And it was really great. And the director oh, was good. really, you know, into it and stuff. So
1: that's good. Yeah.
0: I uh-huh. mean, it's that's the tough part about a movie, though, is because you film it out of order, yeah, sometimes Like, you read through the script and you have an idea, but, like, when you film it out of order, it's hard to, like, to put it in order in your mind because you're like, well, I'm angry now because of this thing, but in the next time we shoot a scene, I'm not angry because thing hasn't happened. Yeah. But I'm still the same character, so I gotta act differently, but it's hard. Like, I get it. It's hard.
1: Yeah. And that makes me wonder, too, because there were a few times in the film that we're discussing today... Uh, we said the title, right? Yeah, Sadie's Last Days on yes. Earth. Uh, there were a few times in this film where I thought that the writing felt a little bit off. Like, not bad, but, like, the pacing seemed to change at times. And, like, sometimes it, it like, dipped much further into cheese than in other places. And, like, it was it was really strange. And I kind of wonder... If maybe that could have been a product of like things being shot out of order, and so like the energy of that day being different than than others, like the delivery being uh, less powerful than it might have been on another, another day. Uh, yeah, I- and obviously there's there's no real way to know without like interviewing everyone involved, but like that that makes me wonder. It also makes me a little bit more forgiving on some of the some of the the more minor complaints I might have in some films.
0: Yeah, you know, with this film, especially, you know, like uh, looking at so the the writer and director is Michael Cedar. Uh, He's uh, co-wrote this with Lauren Collins, Mm -hmm. uh, who who did the story. uh, Basically, Lauren Collins and Michael Cedar created the story and then he wrote it um, according to IMDb. Um, But it definitely feels amateurish. But not in a bad way. Yeah. But in like a, this is a really, this was a really good start. Like, this is a good, you know, micro budget, uh, I would assume, uh, film that, uh, you know, you did a really good job. And like, if Michael Cedar came to me and was like, hey, I want to do another movie, you know, depending on the genre, I would totally give them more money. Yeah. I would be like, you you have potential. Like oh, you yeah. do. This was you this, know, there is a lot to this.
1: this was a, a fun movie with a like a really interesting premise. And none of the things that that kind of bothered me a little bit were at all deal breakers. Uh and so yeah, I would I would agree. I would I would like to see more from the creative minds behind this. Oh, totally.
0: So, you know, one of the big differences between this and the other movies that we talked about this month is that the apocalypse hasn't happened and you're left not knowing if it did or not.
1: I, like, I was equal parts frustrated by that because I wanted to know and also thought, like, it left thinking that it was really clever, that, like, it gave us an entire hour and a half of setup to the end of the world uh, in a scenario where, like, it's really just one person that genuinely believes it a few other people who are kind of on board and everyone else is totally denying, and we never find out if it really happens or not.
0: Yeah, and you know, the thing about this is it's kind of a switcheroo because you think it's an apocalypse film, and then once you get towards the end of the movie, you're like, wait, this is a coming-of-age, like, teen comedy movie, And like,
1: wait a minute. Also, like, heavily on the themes of, of mental health, of anxiety, yeah. and like, how society deals with that on like friendships and loss, uh, and just of like, l- l- you know, living life, just not, not letting yeah. things make you so scared that you don't live your life. And I thought that was really interesting because it, it was a little bit of a bait and switch, but done in a, a really clever way. Yeah, it really was because it didn't, it didn't feel
0: like a last minute, haha. You know, it felt like a, oh, yep right like i look back in the film like of course it is like yep. what have i been watching like i just didn't pick up on it until late in the movie and i'm like oh shit yeah this is definitely like a kid finds herself movie you know yeah. um and they like yeah.
1: they, they even get like to the point a, a couple times of like almost uh, almost a little bit heavy-handed with that message uh where like they they explicitly point out like oh you know we, you got to make sure that you you you, you live the life that's in front of you, you know, hint, hint, Sadie, you know, the, the, maybe, right. maybe you need to learn this lesson, Sadie. Uh, have you thought about that, Sadie? <laughs>
0: yeah. It, it, and, and look, so this is one of those, like, you know, the end of the world is coming. I've got to complete a list movies, right? There's, mm-hmm. you know, tons of different complete a list movies and it's just, you know, it's gotten, it's, those are the type of films. It's like, you got to do it really well. Yeah. In order for it to really work because it's, it's one of those, I mean, you know, yeah. very
1: specifically, the... like you have
0: to have a good hook with it because, you know, make a list, do a thing. Movies are, they, they come around often.
1: Yeah. I'm in the process of, uh, of writing one myself and yeah, like it's, it's tricky to, to get right, to make it the, you know, something interesting that. The audience wants to follow this list with you. Uh, And I would say that this one was done pretty well, especially because they didn't try to tackle it in, like, a specific order. It wasn't like, you know, it has to be done chronologically. It wasn't, like, There was some flexibility around how some of the things were checked off, as long as they were checked off. There were some fake outs where you thought it was going to, and then it didn't, and then later on it does, and it's all very satisfying. You get to like they do the the thing where like it's a quick cut to a visual of the line item being crossed off on the list. That to me is extremely satisfying. (laughs) Yeah, you know the other thing about this, which I thought
0: was kind of interesting, is that. The, the point of the movie is not completing the list. No. Like, I, that's a, like almost a subplot yeah. at, at, to a varying degree because it's not like, okay, what's next on the list? Yep. All right, this thing specifically, let's go and do this specific thing. It's very much like, oh, look, here's a chance to do a thing that was on your list. Oh, it's, 14th, you know, like you said, it's 14th on your list. Great. Next one is eighth on your list. Awesome. You know, and they're very like, they're not crazy things.
1: There's even a couple of points where Sadie, the main character, just decides like, oh, I'm just going to abandon the list anyway because there's not enough time. And so like, really, the the list is just part of the, you know, part of the scenery. It is something that occasionally informs events that happen, but the, the plot doesn't center around that. And I think that that was a smart way. Because uh, otherwise, it could have been like too much hyper focus. Like, wait, what list items hadn't she accomplished? How's she going to do that?
0: Right, right. You know, I've I've worked on a list movie before. Oh. You know, complete a list movie. Uh, um, um, uh, the ultimate playlist of noise oh, is right. basically yep. like a complete a list movie. Yep. Um, and so you know, I've seen like how the driving the plot with a list, um, can be, uh, can be good. It does work. Um, But it has to be, like, you want to be committed to the list, too, Mm -hmm, right? mm -hmm. And I think what worked really well with this is that that's not the case. And it was more like you're committed to Sadie doing whatever it is that she's doing or, or, like, how she's growing as a character. You know, like I found myself very invested in Sadie and Brennan's relationship. Yeah. Uh throughout the movie. Like that was my one major investment. And then, you know, Jack comes in and I'm like, oh, hey. Yeah. Is, let's go. Cute little boy. Let's do this. You know? Um, and that's, you know, I was like, great. We've got this really great, like, you know, character mix of different growth. You know, different ways for Sadie to grow mm-hmm. in in different ways. You know, as a friend, as an individual. You know, and you know, connecting with another person. You know, romantically. And I was like, this is really great um, to do this. So uh, I will say, there's there's a few things of this movie though that put me off, but not in a bad, not in like a that ruined the movie for me. Okay, but it made me be like. Wait a minute. <laughs> Why is no one saying anything about this? One was Sadie's relationship with her teacher Connie. Yes, uh, was a little not great. <laughs> very, very, very ethical violations uh, on Connie's part as a teacher. That
1: is kind of acknowledged. Not maybe not as much as like it. It really should be or would be in the real world. But like it's, it's kind of acknowledged.
0: It's kind of acknowledged a little bit, but there's there's a the moment towards the end of the movie where Connie receives a goodbye letter, or S- Sadie receives a goodbye letter from Connie, to which she interprets it as a suicide note, mm-hmm. and goes and like breaks into her house, and like you know Connie's freaking out because she thinks she's being robbed, and then she was like, "What are you doing? Like you can't kill yourself," and she's like, "What the fuck are you talking about? Like <laughs> I'm not I'm not going to kill myself," and she's like, "Well, you said goodbye," and she was like, "Well, yeah." I'm going on vacation, and you said the world's gonna end tomorrow. So, like, just in case I don't see ya, yeah. (laughs) And then, and then I'm like, okay. So, like, you know, first off, good job on reacting, Sadie. Right? Like, reaching out to a friend. Yes. Secondly, you should not be that close in a relationship because you are a ninth grader, and this is a grown ass woman.
1: Well, they are seniors. That doesn't make it better, but they are seniors. The main characters are are are, uh, seniors in high school. Yeah.
0: I thought that they were in ninth grade because they make the comment minor niner. Uh,
1: so we actually see a little bit of their progression. Uh, so um, there, there's... You know what? We um, Let's pause. Let's pause. Because we've talked about storytelling elements. We've started to talk about some problems. But what we haven't done... Let's tell the people what this movie's about.
0: Yeah, you know what? That would actually be a really good idea. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and read... Uh, half of the IMDb description because it's very long. Yes. Maybe I'll read all of it. We'll see. All right. Everything in high school is like the world ending and Sadie Mitchell's crippling fear of the coming apocalypse is the heightened version of that. Undeterred by the naysayers, Sadie has two weeks to ready herself before doomsday. Kind of. Uh, She needs to master survivalist cuisine, learn to sew, but there are other things, personal things, Go to a high school party, kiss a boy, and most importantly, get her best friend back. I'll mm-hmm. just read the rest. Yeah. For most of us, high school can feel like the world is ending. For Sadie Mitchell, it actually is. Sadie has created a checklist of things to master before the predicted doomsday, and she has just two weeks to complete it. Uh, okay, so the rest is exactly yeah. what I just read. Yeah. Um... Yes, so yes, but it's not two weeks because we start off with 30 days. Yeah,
1: yeah, so that's that's a little inaccurate. We we start out with, with a month left, um, but back to your point, um, we get a little bit of a montage of Sadie and Brennan's relationship because a, a big factor on Sadie's list before the world ends, she wants to repair this broken relationship with her childhood best friend. Now we see flashbacks to them as kids, uh, you know they they go to the dollar store uh and the candy that they always buy uh the price went up so uh Brennan rebels by stealing it and you know we see very, very early on job. yeah very early on that uh Sadie uh, begins to develop uh, kind of a you know generalized anxiety. Um, everything you know, makes her nervous. She's very much about following the the rules and not getting in trouble, and just you know life is kind of scary to her. Uh, stepping outside of, of those rules, uh, that's kind of the the establishment of uh, Sadie's anxiety, which becomes a driving factor for her throughout this whole movie. I mean, the whole end of the world thing is based on that uh, that underlying anxiety. Uh, now. As we see other snippets of their relationship, we do see them entering high school as freshmen. Uh, We see a scene of them acknowledging being sophomores. Uh, Later on, at at some point, uh, I believe it is Jack and maybe also uh, the not-Brit, Brit Brit guy. Teddy. uh, Teddy, thank you. uh, Who uh, mentioned being off to college soon. Uh, Uh, so we, we can presume that they are at least juniors, if not most likely seniors, just because of the way that, uh, everything is, is played out. And especially back to your point of like, they try to get into a bar without IDs and they're not immediately laughed at for being literal children, but the, the bouncer is like, yeah, this is probably not going to work out, but you know, I'll, I'll take a look at your ID if you want me to. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, so we can, we can presume that they are—they're probably, uh, you know, 17 seventeen-ish, maybe approaching eighteen. Um, but the 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 background of Sadie's anxiety is kind of just—it's—it's part of her personality, and part of what drives her. But where it really goes over to the tipping point and becomes the plot of this film uh, is when they're asked to do a school project. Uh, uh, kind of relating to effects of like economy and environment and whatnot. And she stumbles into information that leads her to believe after extensive research, that the world is ending on a specific date uh, based on if you know, some of y'all will remember like from 2012 and various other uh, doomsday predictions throughout our lifetimes because I think I've lived through at least four apocalypses in my lifetime. Oh yeah uh, <laughs> the, uh, the, the, the the winter solstice, uh, will cause this, this perfect alignment with Earth and the Sun and the Milky Way galaxy, and all of these things are going to happen. And uh, solar flares will get out of control and lash out and destroy Earth's magnetosphere, uh, which would cease to protect us from you know solar radiation and other you know cosmic forces, triggering runaway effects like earthquakes, volcanoes, tsunamis, etc. Essentially, destroying. Uh, Earth's habitability as we know it. Sadie has this plan that she is going to survive. So that's where a lot of the stuff from her list comes from. She converts her uh, bedroom into a bunker uh, with her parents' blessing, which uh, her parents are kind of shitty, but like, that's my, that's, that was my other complaint. <laughs> that's pretty cool that they let her do that. Um, to, it to,
0: is, but at some point, like, you should intervene. Your yeah. child is having a
1: severe mental breakdown. That's, it's true. It's true. They <laughs> they just think it's a, a phase and just something that she'll get over. And it is clearly not. Um, although, to, to Ellen's point as we were watching this, like, she really should have been making her bunker in the basement and not her bedroom. So uh, that might, in a way, kind of demonstrate the, the line at which her parents draw for yeah. for supporting this. Uh, but yeah, so she's learning survival skills. She's learning cooking. She, she befriends the t- uh, her teacher, uh, Connie. Uh, we do learn her last name and what other students call her, but I forget. Um, yeah, I forgot what it is. Connie teaches her to knit, uh, but also, like, info dumps about, like, her failing relationship and things like that. They become, uh, as you said, inappropriately close as teacher and student, uh, and the kind of thing that I feel like only really does happen uh, with any kind of uh, above-boardness right around that senior year mark where the the teachers are recognizing, like, yeah, these kids are going away anyway. I can can give them a little bit more of my personality. (laughs) Right.
0: Yeah. I mean, to be fair, I I definitely had teachers in that uh, in my high school, like senior year era where I was like, so how are your kids? Yeah. You know, like <laughs> Mrs. Niece was that teacher for me. She was she was great, though, but she used to let us hang. She was also a science teacher. Yeah. Uh, but she used to let us hang out in her classroom uh, before, like during homeroom and stuff like that and just sort of chill. Uh, she was great. Um, and then there was another teacher, but that's only because she was friends with my mom, uh-huh. so I saw her all the time. Yeah. So, like, I knew her when I went to high school. I was like, oh, I think her name was, I forgot what her last name was, but her first name's Erica. And I was like, oh, hey, you, I was like, you're friends with my mom. And she was like, yeah, because she also wasn't out yet. Oh, uh, Like, yeah. in the school, I mean, this is, you gotta realize, this is 1997, yeah, 98. Yeah. And so she was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Like, just completely was like, fuck. And she was just like, yeah, we shouldn't talk about that, though. And I was like, no, I gotcha. I gotcha. I was like, no, how it works. You're fine.
1: She's giving you the, like, the throat cut maneuver. Like, like, don't.
0: (laughs) I was like, yeah, no, it's fine. Um, Uh, And I only had her once. uh, She was my economics teacher.
1: That actually reminds me of uh, the time that I learned that my stepmother was neighbors with uh, my former middle school principal. I was like, "That's," oh, am <laughs> glad that that came along later because that could have been really weird. <laughs>
0: that, yeah, would have been like going outside and playing and just being like, "Oh, hi,
1: <laughs> hi, principal." <laughs> yeah,
0: <right>. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Uh, yeah. So you're right. So that was my other my other complaint is about uh, Sadie's parents, just because they're very blasé about her having this sort of mental breakdown. Like she is converted a room to a bunker she is like the world is ending everyone's gonna die and they're just like she's, that's nice honey yeah you know? <laughs>
1: she's the number one customer at the local like survivalist shop with the only yeah. other person who's taking it half as seriously as she is
0: yeah and so like it's you know it's very interesting i was like that one i was like you know that was the same thing with the teacher i was like why is no one saying <laughs> this is terrible why is no one saying anything why is this uh, not other weird that, to
1: anyone else
0: yeah, uh, but like, other than that, like, Brennan points out, like, you're being fucking crazy, you know? It's, like, uh,
1: I, I think that that also is, is a really interesting way that this movie approaches uh, Sadie and her, her perception of reality and her concerns with that perception of reality. Because, uh, like you said, her best friend... Her closest friends since childhood treats her like she's she's gone off the deep end, she's being crazy, and they just, like, have a complete falling out. Uh, and, you know, we we later have a, you know, of, of course, this isn't really spoiling anything. It, it was bound to happen. They reconnect, and there's this whole, like, you know, I, I thought you left me, but really I was running away from you sort of thing. Okay, I get it. But, like, come on. Like, she was kind of shitty TS 80 Sadie. Um... But that brings us to a really, really interesting point because you know we talk all the time about when someone has had an experience paranormal. There, there's some like a killer after them, or they know the world is ending, and everyone around them treats them like they're crazy. Uh, Sadie meets Jack partway through this film, and Jack never does that. He cracks jokes with her, but he always treats her as though, uh, at the very least. She genuinely believes what she's saying and deserves the base level of, you know what? We'll play along. The worst that can happen is the world doesn't end. And I I really appreciated that because you don't see that very often where someone is, is brought into one of these stories with a character who is like, you know, the sky is falling, the world is ending, something really bad happened. And people are like, all right, what do we do about it?
0: Yeah, yeah. So, you know, at first when Jack like sits down with her at uh, detention is like, so blah, blah, blah. I was like, fuck, this is like a prank. Like he's yeah. getting shitty to her. Like yeah. I totally was waiting for that. Like I-, I was waiting for the for the teen romantic comedy where he's a dick to her and then he apologizes and they make out in the end. They I even, was like waiting for that. But he's just genuinely a good person to her.
1: They even reference those kinds of tropes. I mean, they, they yeah. talk about like going to see... Uh, going to see a movie when they were younger and uh, Jack asked them what movie and Brennan says the one where the girl takes off her glasses and is hot and uh, she's you, all that yeah yep 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 and uh, they reference the, the the boys making a bed and blah 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 like it's like yes she's all that but that also is a trope from that era and that style of films and yeah it really did kind of feel like The writers were going to go that direction, and I love that they not only didn't, but then explicitly acknowledged that that trope exists and that they chose to not do it.
0: Yeah, I I was very pleased because you know for for like the first twenty minutes of of Jack being involved, I was like, here it comes, any minute now. And then when I got to the point where I realized he was just genuine, I was like, he was just. I am. I am team Jack.
1: Just (laughs) kind. And nice to her, and listened, and like helped her. He like yeah. he takes the list from her and like reads through it. Like, like very conspicuously skips over the line where she then she wrote like she wants to kiss a boy at least once. Ah, uh, you know he's he's reading through all of these other things, skips over that, and like says like I'm going to help you out with this, and he does. He but genuinely actively, and not in a like, bad way takes an interest and helps her accomplish these things, including. Helping her reconnect with Brennan, which was like the number one, like, personal thing on our list. She had it kind of broken up into skills and then personal things. She wanted to go to a high school party. She wanted to sneak into a bar. She wanted to reconnect with Brennan. She wanted to uh, kiss a boy, like all of these things. And he helps her with pretty much everything on the list.
0: Which I thought was great, you know, and and, uh, so there is, of course, a a falling a, a moment where everybody sort of falls out, but mm-hmm. it's not in the way you think it is. Yeah. And I loved that it wasn't like I fucked up. and this was a mistake. It was more of like a, everybody thought a thing and then everybody was like oh i was i was wrong in thinking a thing but it wasn't like a mis- it wasn't like a mistake it wasn't like they actively did something bad the, yeah. everybody just had a different expectation of what was happening and when they realized that the three of them did not have that same expectation they were like wait a minute. And it's not even like a big deal. And I loved that. I loved
1: it. An element of reality that you don't normally see in this. It didn't become a a big blow up. It wasn't uh, made a a huge thing. It was a, it was a misunderstanding. What we find out, you know, the um, Teddy, the guy that we, that, uh, that we see through the whole film is like affecting a British accent and being like a total mod kid and talking in slang. And he DJs at this bar for some reason, even though he's also underage. Um, he uh, is DJing at the bar and, like, invites some of the kids to get in if they can, and uh, Sadie, Brennan, and Jack manage to sneak into this bar. Uh, And in another really sweet way, like, Jack has handled this whole situation. Jack recognizes Sadie's uh, hangups, her her anxiety, and the the reasons that she talks herself out of doing things. He goes to the bar ahead of time, pretends to have lost his credit card, and scopes out all of the exits for her, like maps them out, lets her know what the structure is, like the materials that it's made out of, like like does everything he can to to put her mind at ease. And when they're turned away at the door, as they expected to be, it's kind of like, oh shucks, goddamn, we couldn't, we couldn't get in. He's like, oh yeah, and that's why I went through the bathroom and taped the back door uh, open, and like drags them in. It was a really, really cool approach to like him proactively addressing any concerns that she would have to make her comfortable. I loved that, Um, but of course. They get found out by the by the bouncer, and uh, Sadie and Jack run out uh, without Brennan as they're having their Whew, "we almost got caught" moment. Uh, there's a, a tender thing where they they almost kiss, and just then Brennan walks out. She sees them. Nothing is said, and she kind of storms off. and it's like revealed in that moment that nobody knew Brennan liked Jack and that Sadie and Jack liked each other. There was no communication. And so it's just like, ah, shit, we all kind of fucked up here.
0: <laughs> right. And it wasn't like a betrayal moment because, no. yeah, like you said, nobody knew any of this information. In fact, Jack makes it a point of saying later, like, I, I didn't, or Sadie, but one of them says later, like, I didn't even know you liked me, and I didn't even know I liked you mm-hmm. until that moment you were about to kiss me. Uh, and she was like, and then Brennan walks out, and also that's when I realized she liked you.
1: Also, a really sweet moment. Well, I get maybe not sweet is is the right word, but a really like interesting, touching moment between these two friends that are trying to find a reconnection after falling out. Uh, when Sadie tries to say, like, why didn't like why didn't you tell me that? you liked Jack and Brennan gives these examples. Like you remember who my crush was at this grade or like who I liked this grade. Yeah. You knew those things because you were my best friend. You haven't earned that again. And I'm like, Oh, that's like right to the heart. Um, but yeah, the other get makes sense. Like she, she didn't tell Sadie because they don't talk about those things anymore.
0: Right. Yeah. It was, it was another, that was another great moment, that same sort of example where it was like, it, it hurt because of, like, it hurt, though, because she was right. Mm-hmm. And it didn't hurt. She wasn't being mean. She was just like, hey, like, we only just started talking again, like, a day ago. Yep. You know, it's- or, like, you know, like, within a few days ago, like, it's, we're not there yet. We got to get back up to it. And she's totally right and valid. But it still was like, oh.
1: It makes it so interesting that, like, these friendships... Are portrayed in like more realistic ways than you normally see in film, and like these people seem like m- closer to real people. Uh, when you juxtapose that against, like you said, the relationship with all of the adults in this film, who are all just kind of <laughs> fucking weird.
0: <laughs> yeah, it yeah, it was really yeah. It does feel like all the adults were were on their own journey <laughs> uh, for sure. Um, but yeah, so, you know, so as we mentioned, the plot of the movie is Sadie kind of prepping for the last days, you know, she's now got Jack on her side who is, you know, just doing great. She's now recruited back Brennan. They have their little bit of a falling out, you know, Jack, you know, comes and and does a romantic thing, you know, does, does a like a funny little speech thing, like a Shakespearean speech, uh, you know, to, uh, to, to Sadie. And they, you know, get back together, and then you know she has her moment uh, with Brennan. She does eventually go to a high school party. Um, this is, you know, towards the end of the movie. You know, Brennan's there. They talk, and she's like, "Oh yeah, I'm over Jack now. I'm with Teddy." Uh, ah. She's like, "And I've already kissed him," which is um, great. You know, I love it. Which is great. Yeah. Uh, which is funny because you never actually see those two interact
1: at all. So that was like a funny pairing. It's and um, like it there's just the slightest hint that it might happen when like just just before the, the falling out moment after uh, Sadie and Jack have run out of the bar and she watches it happen she's uh, getting confronted now by the um, by by the same security guard uh, and Teddy sees that from the DJ booth and like before the guy can like call up the cops or call her parents which i don't understand why he wouldn't just kick her out like why would he call anyone fucking narc right um, <laughs> and uh Teddy intervenes and is like, oh, hey, security, there's there's a fight up here, and gives her time to escape. So we see, like, their eyes connect in that moment, and then it's at the very end of this party that we ever, like, actually see the two of them together, and then it's cute and sweet, and I loved it.
0: It is, yeah. Uh, So, yeah. uh, So the other big thing about Sadie... Which is really interesting is that there's there's a lot of moments throughout the film, which, you know, you talked about earlier that, like, this is a precursor to, you know, it's clear that Sadie has anxiety, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. I, the the idea of the apocalypse is just something she could latch on to that's yes. not abstract of just abstract anxiety. Yes, exactly. Yeah, and so, you know, we get we get hints of that throughout the movie um in really clever ways is, you know, she wakes up, uh, from dreams where like the world is ending. You know, one of the dreams she wakes up and her room is flooded oh. and she can't find any of her uh, her things like her life raft and her air ca- tanks and all these other things. So she's freaking out. And then, you know, the, the water eventually rushes through the door and she, you know, screams and freaks out. And, uh, you know, then she wakes up. Um, there's another one uh, earlier with, you know, a building cracking and breaking down. And, you know, again, that was just a dream. Uh, and then in this high school party, she has another anxiety attack because she, uh, um, Teddy tells her like, hey, I know you really, you know, everyone, all of our friends are really understanding and like accommodating. Yeah. Which is really nice. But her, Teddy was like, hey, I like you're at this party. I'm so great. Like you're stepping out of your comfort zone. But here are all the exits uh, for you to do. Like, you know, this way is this way. The most efficient exit is to go out this yes. back door and grow this way. Very sweet of everyone, yes. very understanding. Like good, that's good friends, right?
1: Yeah, and um, it, it's is really great cuz we we see that manifesting even like in their school. She won't go into a certain part of the school even though it makes her routes to her classes significantly longer. Because that part of the school is older and, in her mind, more cr- prone to like crumbling down if there was a, a disaster, which we do get on one of the the final days in school. We get a, like an actual like I think they said it's like a seven point two magnitude earthquake yeah. that does some damage and like kind of shake and like literally and figuratively shakes some people uh, out of their their comfort and makes them think like oh wait maybe Sadie's been onto something. And yeah. so I, I loved that as well. Like, not only are, are people accommodating, but then you know, when when actual evidence is presented to them, they're like, huh, okay, huh. all right. All right, there might all be right, something to do this. Of course, then yeah. it you know, causes a, a full on panic in the community and like adults are now running on the survival store and the owner of that shop is, uh, is definitely doing some price gouging, but you know what? End of the world. Like, you might as well make your money while you can, I guess. It's- Last day of capitalism, go for it,
0: you know? Uh, yeah, so, you know, to that point about the earthquake, you know, the the scene where in the party she leaves and it turns out she goes into like an atrium type, oh, uh, yeah. like porch where there's glass all over the ceiling and she completely freaks out, you know, envisions another earthquake, the glass shattering down, she dives under a table and that's where she has her moment with uh, Brendan, uh, Brendan, who is like, what you doing? <laughs> uh, and we see that that was just like an anxiety, like a panic attack, right? Like that was yeah. just all in her head. But the point you point out about the earthquake, you know, uh, I that was a little bit of a fake out because she's sitting and she has her cup of water there, her water bottle, and the water bottle starts shaking and she's like, this is it. Like earthquake is happening right now. She yeah. blows her whistle. She dives under her desk and everybody starts laughing at her. And I was like, oh, man. And then a real earthquake hits. Yes. And everyone was like, oh, shit. Like, they jump <laughs> under the tables, too. And then that's the moment where everyone's like, oh, fuck. Like, this is real. Yep. Uh, and I thought that was a really... I I liked that they do give her a real moment uh, um, of that, but it was good.
1: Another uh, fun way that this movie dodged some tropes, uh and she... Now, Sadie is at the party. She's uh, already spoken with Teddy. I think at uh, this point she maybe has not yet made up with Brennan. I cannot recall, uh, but she's specifically looking for Jack because she wants to to mend things with him, uh, and like she she basically she wants her friends back before the end. Uh, as we know, like that's kind of been the point of this whole thing, and someone says, "Oh, he's, I think he's in the the sunroom." So she goes in and sees two kids making out, and of course she immediately jumps to like, "Oh my God, that's Jack. He's he's moved on already." but it's not jack is sitting up uh, by the pool by himself and it's great because she finds him she's like i like i i, I was looking for you and I, I thought you were someone else and like you were word and it's just like what what's what's happening here hi
0: yeah <laughs> oh and she makes a really great uh statement in that moment too where she was like i i saw you know kids making out and i thought it was you but of course it wouldn't be you yeah like, because like you wouldn't do that like she was very clear about like It was just in that split moment that I doubted, but, like, you wouldn't do that.
1: That's the thing, too. The way that that character is written, he wouldn't. And I love that. Yeah. I love that we have a a non sleazy, non-toxic, male romantic uh, lead in this. uh, Me, too. That doesn't follow the tropes, that is kind to to, her. I love everything about that.
0: It's, this could also be a very Canadian thing yeah. that we're just like attributing to like yeah. <laughs> this is refreshing and everybody we're, in Canada is like this is literally every character in our.
1: <laughs> we're so jaded by American cinema. I mean, I, I was, I, I am, kind con- of uh, frequently on record as talking about uh, Canadian television as being uh, much more wholesome and just like kind of palate cleansing. I mean, like Letter candy, like is raunchy, but it, it's it's and like when it comes down to it, it's wholesome and they support each other. Uh, Kim's Convenience, one of the best shows on television, in my opinion. And like there, are, there are shows like that. That are like uh, Shit's Creek again. Like that's a, oh, yeah. you know, another Canadian television show, and that's like this idealized world where people aren't shitty to each other over like things that you can't control. And I, just, I love that. I, I love it yeah. so much. Uh, so yeah, maybe maybe it is just a, a more Canadian attitude. Uh, and if so, like give me more Canadian cinema. Yeah. No, I back it. Totally. Absolutely. Uh You want to know something kind of funny? Since we were talking about Sadie's dreams, uh, her her portents of doom. Yeah. I watched this film today, during the day. Last night, I had a crazy mega disaster dream. Wow. Foreshadowing. I I wasn't thinking about this movie at all. I hadn't seen this movie. I didn't know what was going to happen. I didn't remember any of the details all I remembered literally was the name of the film, not even where I was going to stream it. Uh, and I had this crazy disaster dream. And I was like, oh no. So when, as soon as Sadie started having her dreams, I was like, oh, oh, oh God, what have I done? <laughs>
0: have I, I've unlocked my my psyche to this, uh, to this thing. Uh, so at the very end of the movie... You know, everybody's reunited. Um, Sadie gets her kiss uh, yes. with Jack. Uh, they have their their kiss. It's a very big romantic kiss. You know, then Brennan comes up and she kisses Teddy. And this is minutes before the, the world is about to end, right? Like we're uh-huh. like four minutes before midnight. <laughs> and, you know, Jack is, yeah.
1: Bold of them to assume it's happening in their time zone. <laughs> I know,
0: right? Right. Because uh, they're West Coast Canada, too, if I remembered correctly. So, like, yeah, they ain't, they ain't anywhere. Um, but, yeah, so, like, uh, you know, it's minutes before the apocalypse is supposed to begin. And, you know, Jack says, like, you know, how many more minutes do we got? And Sadie reaches in her pocket to check, you know, to check the watch and, and see. And she hesitates for a moment. And then she's like, I can't do it. She's like, because when I check, then it's gonna be midnight and everything's over. She's like, but if I don't check, you know, implying like that if I don't check, then it's forever in this moment. Like we're forever four minutes away and I can live just this moment exactly as it is.
1: Which I love that because the film ends immediately there. We, like, like you said at the beginning, we don't ever find out if the apocalypse actually happens, but that attitude in ending this, like is the perfect setup to not telling us because we, with the characters, are, you know, just stuck in that last moment of, you know, if, if we know, we know. And as long as we don't look at the time, then it never happens. Uh, yeah. And I, I thought that was really cool. Uh, the problem that I had with with appreciating that in the moment is that I was extremely hung up on the fact that she kept using a stopwatch as a regular watch.
0: Yeah, I mean, that, this is like Mary J. Blige testing, you know, texting, <laughs> texting with an Excel, Excel spreadsheet. <laughs> right, right? Which I think that was Mary J. Blige, but yeah. Uh, no, it's uh,
1: Kelly Rowland. Oh, Kelly Rowland. Yeah, That's Kelly Rowland. Yeah, Kelly Rowland um, texting with Excel, being like, why is my boyfriend not taxing me back? I have seen someone do a proof of concept of how you could actually use the. Uh, like, Excel to send a, a text message through various uh, integrations and formulas and whatnot. I forget how. It was extremely complicated. Uh, and yes, but pro- Kelly
0: Rowland wasn't doing that on Probably phone. not
1: how <laughs> Kelly Rowland was actually communicating with Nellie in, you know, 2002 or whatever it was.
0: Yeah, right. <laughs> this is great yeah so the, you know the very last bit of the movie is you know all together and she, you know Sadie's even like are you kidding I don't want to be in a pool like you know then earthquake happens and we I immediately drown yeah And that's, she kind of gives up on that because she's so in the moment. And I think that speaks volumes of her growth throughout the film that she, one, she takes her survival vest on that she's been wearing the whole movie. She takes her survival vest off. That is huge Uh uh, because she's about to jump in the water and that she's just like, no, like, I'm not going to check the time. I am just going to live in the moment. Let's do it, and they all, of course, jump in the air, and it pause, you know, it screens, uh, you know, film freeze right before they drop into the water, and that's the movie ending. And I was like, this is exactly how this movie needed to end. Oh, like, it's exact.
1: It's great because we talked about how the focus was on well, the like not the focus, but like part of the driving the force of the plot was on fulfilling her list. Uh, but when Jack took the list to read it and it promised to help her with it, he also added a line. At the very end, I was finally learned to feel free, and we see as like as the she does take off her survival vest, and they all jump in the pool together. We see the hand crossing that line on off, and that's just ah, I love that. I love that because the whole the point of the film wasn't about the, the apocalypse, wasn't about the the list, wasn't even necessarily about the friendships, but it was about Sadie learning to be free of this anxiety that like controlled her entire life up into this point. And you know, anxiety is not the kind of thing that you just magically like wish away because like, you know, the power of friendship, but <laughs> having that kind of moment where she can say, you know what? No, I am gonna just enjoy this. Like that's a powerful message.
0: Yeah. I, I think that was an amazing message. I I was really pleased with uh how this movie ended. So all of that, uh, um, you know, to point, should you watch this movie?
1: I think so. I think Absolutely. that this was, it was a good, wholesome, fun, like, teen high school comedy, apocalypse-ish movie. Uh, and a really interesting portrayal of anxiety and of mental, uh, mental health in general. And just so wholesome in the, the character development and not something you typically see. And you know, made a point to dodge a lot of the tropes. So hats off to that.
0: Yeah. I, I was very pleased with this movie. I, you know, I acknowledged that it was made for not a lot of money. You know, there's a couple of scenes like uh, Sadie is running home after the earthquake and like a bridge is is sort of all beat up. And it was clearly animated on. Yeah. And like you could see it moving and like shit when she runs, it doesn't like the perspective doesn't change properly. You know, there's there's a lot of those like moments really. Uh but like, you know, it for what it for how much money that they probably spent on this, they did a really good job. And again, this is something that I would take, you know, if I was if I was uh what was it um uh, Matt Cedar? Michael Cedar Michael Cedar, yeah. If I was Michael Cedar I would be using this movie as a proof of concept to get more money yeah. uh, to make movies because like this is probably like this would you know would convince me as you know as a producer if I had money to give.
1: Yeah. This absolutely. would be the one
0: to be like totally like I would give you more money because you're capable of making a good movie.
1: Mhm. Mhm. Yeah. So Um so it's nice. Yeah, I I personally hope that we uh, we get to see more. I mean uh, as an actor, uh, Michael has, uh, done more, uh, but he only directed a, a couple of TV series episodes, uh, or TV shows, I guess, like multiple episodes, uh, since this, he hasn't done any film work, uh, and I kind of hope we, we get to see that, uh, him and, uh, Lauren Collins, uh, really interesting storytelling and, uh, you know, some, some clever writing, and neither one of them have uh, have written or directed a film since. So let's hope that we see more from them.
0: And this was only a couple of years ago, too. So I think this movie came out in 2016. 2016, um, yeah. Yeah, so like... <laughs> is longer you know, ago a lot- than you think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that was seven years ago, but, uh, uh, but you know, it takes a while to get movies made, true. you know, and get funding. And if you're working, you don't have time. You got to work right to, you know, movies cost you money. And
1: also uh, when you're the, the creator, when this released in December of 2016, it did feel like the world was ending. Let's be, let's be fair. And then That's four true. more years, uh, well, I'll say three more years later. It felt like it was ending again, (laughs) but for real, even more
0: so. Yeah, it was just like this, and now this, (laughs) which wasn't as big of a deal for in Canada, but uh, for the first part. But the second part was a big deal around the world. Yes. Uh, COVID, for those of you who are not catching on. Yes. Uh, but yeah, so uh, this movie is, uh, as of time we're recording this episode, uh, uh, available to stream on TubiTV, btvcom You can stream it for free with ads. Uh, you know, we both highly recommend this movie, Sadie's Last Days on Earth. Um, great little Canadian uh, coming-of-age uh, movie. Definitely check it out. Um, and of course, you know, if you got thoughts about this, if you think that the parents were good parents or that Connie's uh, relationship was was ethically okay, <laughs> hit us up on social media. You can hit us up at, uh, at NightShiftMG on both Twitter and Instagram. You know, send us a message or if you're really so inclined and got a lot to say, Go to our website, nightshiftradio.com, and there's a comment section you can fill out and just, you know, lay into us. Tell us your, give us your full, you know, five-page review. Don't make it five pages. I won't read it. (laughs) But, uh, you know, at least like a paragraph would be fine. Let us have it. Let us us have it. We'd love to hear all of it. Uh, You know, thanks a lot for listening, everyone. We super appreciate it. Make sure you hit subscribe. We have brand new episodes every Thursday and Sunday. Um, We've got a brand new month coming up uh, next month in June. Who, who knows what we're going to end up doing. I guess it's uh, 100% up to you uh, to, to discover because you hit subscribe. So, hey, thanks a lot for listening, everyone, and we will see you next time.